2: This is Forum. I'm Michael Krasny, and we're talking about a huge budget shortfall at SFMTA with Jeffrey Tomlin, who is Director of Transportation and San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency, and Dan Brecky, who's an editor and reporter at KQED News. And if you have questions about the muni budget crisis, we welcome your calls. You can join us now toll free at 866-733-6786. Number again for your calls, 866-733-6786, or get in touch with us. On Twitter and Facebook, we're at KQED Forum, or email us, forum at kqed.org. Let me go back, uh, Jeffrey Tumlin, to talk with you about layoffs, uh, because they're a multi-step process, and they involve the unions and the board and the city, and uh, the the union has a specific role in this, because workers are not only facing job loss, but health care loss as well, and we're talking about a number of essential workers, as you said earlier. But the step to the steps to avoid layoffs uh, to the agency, we had union head uh, Roger Marenko, who's uh, head of the Transportation Workers Union Two Hundred and Fifty, actually representing about twenty-two hundred workers, laying out a a, a plan, and uh, it, it's a plan essentially that. Well, uh, well, give give us a, sort of the uh, the outline that he's laying out here, and talk about the viability and reality of it.
3: So I think. Um... Well, first of all, we're very fortunate at the SFMTA to have strong labor union leadership, um, who have also been really strong partners with us. Uh, I think we're completely in agreement that the last thing we want to do is lay off workers. It would destroy every good thing that we're trying to do and destroy lives. Um, So we're collecting ideas from throughout the organization, including from all of our labor unions and TWU. Um, The stuff that uh, TWU has put on the table is mostly good stuff, and we're working right now to figure out how quickly we can implement those ideas. Uh, It helps, but doesn't close the full gap yet. Um, But some of the ideas, I think, are win-win solutions. Some of them are not
2: going to make listeners happy. They involve more parking fines, for example.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, we're, you know, the vast majority of parking in San Francisco is free and unregulated. Um, We've got 275,000 on-street parking spaces. Only 10% of them are metered. Um, If we charged $2 a day for the free spaces, uh, it would close our gap.
2: They're also talking, I believe, about no new uh, bus operator hires and more fair enforcement. I mean, they've got a a list of things that at least can generate more revenue. But uh, Dan Bricky, already pretty far behind on maintenance, aren't they?
1: Well, actually, I I think uh, Muni and uh, other operators as as well have been actually granted a sort of, um, I don't want to use a... uh, an inaccurate word here, but a a bit of a a holiday here in that ridership has been much less. And that has actually given uh, an opportunity for the agencies to catch up on on some of the maintenance projects they have. So I know that um, Muni considers its fleet to probably be in uh, better shape now than it uh, has been in years, Um, more sterile, Bart would tell you the same thing, and I think most transit operators would tell you the same, something similar. So, um, this has had, this has actually had maybe a limited salutary effect on um, the condition of the uh, of the agency's rolling stock.
2: Didn't you want to ask Jeffrey about the Twin Peaks tunnel problem, Dan?
1: Well, I. Well you, you just outed me Michael. Um yeah, um you know one thing that uh you know we we wonder about the, the the budget shortfall is that um a couple weeks ago and actually it's been over the last uh month to 6 weeks uh it's been disclosed that there is a, uh, a a problem in the Twin Peaks tunnel a $50 million project that was completed a couple years ago. And uh the 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 fix, which involves going out, going in, and replacing the ballast, the the uh, rock that uh, stabilizes the tracks along a part of the tunnel, um, would cost tens of millions of dollars. And so my question was, like, what you know, obviously that, that's not going to help the deficit, but is that a how much impact is that having on the agency's budget? So that's yeah, that is a question that I I, I wanted to ask.
2: Jeffrey, can you respond?
3: Yeah, all of the capital project work that we're doing right now has an impact on our budget. Uh, It's one of the things that we've struggled with. The agency has a long history of deferring maintenance problems when it starts running out of money. Uh, And you can do that a little bit, but it's sort of like paying your rent on your credit cards. We're wanting to make sure that in this budget crisis, we don't create a new budget crisis five years from now. Um, by not properly maintaining our infrastructure, um, well-maintained infrastructure is essential for the service to be reliable. And in order to rebuild trust with the voters of San Francisco, we need to deliver as reliable a service as we can, given our budget reality.
2: And again, you know, we,
3: and
1: and one um,
2: sorry, Dan, uh, oh, go ahead.
1: Well, and and one follow-up I had was. Um, in terms of the, uh, the Twin Peaks project, is there, uh, there's been some talk about legal action involving the contractor. Do you have any news on that?
3: Uh, nothing that we can disclose. Um, we're in uh, good partnership with the contractor and trying to work together in good faith to figure out um, who, who is responsible for what. Um, but in the meantime, we're committed to fixing the problem.
2: And we want to hear from you again. If you have questions about the Muni budget crisis, you can give us a call now at 866-733-6786. Here's Bob. Bob, join us.
0: Yes. uh, Good morning, uh, Michael. Uh, I'm fine, I'm I'm president of Save Muni. And I'd like to make two quick points. Number one, in looking over the published reports, the budget cuts, we've seen that They fall heavily on operators and maintenance personnel. It seems as though uh, the administrative staff and the legion of planners at the MTA have been spared. We would call for a more equitable distribution if there have to be layoffs, and uh, that some of the uh, administrative and planner-type people uh, take uh, uh, the hit as well as some of the operators. That's point number one. Point number two, uh, we've also noticed, and this has come uh, on the number 38 line in particular, that there is significant overcrowding on some of the buses. Now, uh, the uh, the MTA has told us that they are tracking ridership and supposedly adding uh, additional buses when those conditions apply. That does not seem to be the case at least on the number 38 in uh, rush hour conditions. Uh, this would uh, argue for keeping some more of those operators and putting additional buses on, on the number 38, perhaps number 14, uh, and other uh, busy routes uh, so that they can maintain safe social distancing.
2: All right, Bob, I want to go right to your two points uh, with Jeffrey Tomlin. Jeffrey?
3: Uh, well, so first of all, I have no idea where Bob is getting his information from. Um, we are not proposing any specific cuts to any of our staff, uh, and we're not cutting any of the operating budgets right now, so I, I don't know where he's getting that. Uh, all of our budget information is available online and fully transparent. If you go to sfmta.com budget dashboard, you can see our full budget details, including where we're getting savings from. Uh, to the second point, you can also go to our other budget dashboard, or other dashboard. If you Google SFMTA uh, COVID dashboard uh, and go to the passenger count data, you can see exactly where all of the crowding is on buses by line and by stop uh, and see the distribution of that. We allocate all of our service hours in order to serve our equity neighborhoods and to reduce crowding. Uh, And we've got a lot of crowding distributed throughout the network, including on the 38. And that's one of the reasons why we are um, adding more service to the 38 in our January service improvements, uh, along with lines like the 22 and the 30, the 8 and the 9, uh, all the lines that are uh, experiencing crowding problems, as well as restoring service to the 27 and 33 lines.
2: And when there's a new uh, Muni uh, Metro up, uh, it's going to be running a whole new route system, as I've been reading it, hasn't it, Jeffrey?
3: That's right. So uh, we're we're trying to get as much work done in the subway as we possibly can to deal with 50 years of deferred maintenance while ridership is low. Um, We'll be starting rail service up uh, actually later this month with the surface portion of the J line um, and then uh, adding one line at a time um, and saving to last the Twin Peaks tunnel portion between Castro uh, and West Portal stations. Uh, trying, again, to get as much work done as we can while ridership is still low.
2: Well, here's an important question from a listener named Charlie who says, you're so far focusing on the important short-term effects, dreadful destruction of lives from the pandemic. With work at home, what's the long-term outlook? Less transit to the financial district?
3: Um. The shelter-in-place orders have definitely revealed a very different pattern of ridership from uni. It's really focused on neighborhood commercial districts and key institutions. Um, Ridership to the downtown is very low right now. Um, We're expecting telecommuting to continue for some time, um, but not forever. Uh, Keep in mind that business is, um, It relies on trust and humans are biologically constructed to only be able to trust people who we can look in the eye and zoom doesn't count. So at a certain point, uh, people will need to start developing new business relationships and that requires going out to lunch and being in offices and drinking after work. Um, those jobs will come back uh, and if they don't those office buildings particularly the pre-war ones will be converted to housing
2: i'd like to hear future... a bi- bi- biological hypothesis from an mta director <laughs> this is good <laughs> this is unusual but i thank you for that answer and i want to actually get a, a response from dan Brecky to another email here from marjorie who says I find the public transit financial crisis to be extremely, she puts in caps, scary. Right now, the state is pushing communities to develop housing near transit, which is reasonable and necessary. But such policies assume a public transit system that is well-funded and functioning. Without that, the congestion and other transportation problems around the new housing could become nightmarish. Dan?
1: Well, I think there's a, a much larger discussion that um, was happening before the pandemic and um, and is continuing about um, how public transit is funded. Um, you know, um, maybe on on one end, I mean we're we're sort of in a, a critical situation now with um, with budgets being in free fall and in crisis. But on the other end of the continuum, in terms of uh, future considerations, There is talk about, maybe on an extreme, of what would it take to have fare-free transit? Uh, It would take a lot of money, obviously, but um, that's something that we need to discuss, especially if, you know, aside from, you know, the short-term problems we have, we're thinking about, uh, you know, long-range goals like greenhouse gas reduction, getting people out of cars, and this is, as I say, it's happening in uh, bodies like the um, Metropolitan Transportation Commission and uh, other planning agencies, uh, San Francisco County Transportation Authority, which are really responsible for, you know, building the and envisioning the, the transit system of the future. So I think that's an excellent point from Marjorie, and it's something that um, there, there will be opportunities to engage on.
2: And here's another caller joining us, Holly. Good morning. You're on the air.
4: Hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. We have You're a welcome. restaurant on Visadero at Hayes, and right outside our restaurant is a bus stop that hasn't been running for the entire time of shelter in place. Um, we've reached out to the city to see if we can build a parklet there to support um, an outdoor dining program that would be a lifeline for our restaurant, um, and. And, and really, the best place for us to do it would be in this um, bus zone uh, for a bus stop that hasn't been running for eight months. And we hear mixed things about what the future of this bus line is. And I'm just wondering if you can speak to the 21, um, how we can work together, um, our restaurant and Muni, to, you know, really build something that's going to be great for the neighborhood and also um Really, really important for our restaurant.
2: Thank you for that question, Holly. And Jeffrey Tillman?
3: So throughout uh, San Francisco, uh, we've welcomed shared spaces development uh, in our bus stops for the bus lines that aren't running. The 21 Hayes is one of the lines that we shut down back in April. Uh, We currently don't have a viable financial path for restoring that line, but once we do, we'll want to. Uh, the 21 Hayes is, uh, is an important line. So, Excuse me, Jeffrey, aren't you
2: um, restarting the J-, uh, J Church line on December 19th?
3: Uh, we're start- restarting the, uh, well, the J Church is currently running as a bus. This is the 21 Hayes that is uh, uh, where there is currently no service. Um, and that's that's where the restaurant owner would like to yeah. use the space. Yeah, you're welcome to use the space. Um, but we, uh, if if. We suddenly got an additional federal relief package that allowed us to restore all of our services. Um, we, you know, we'd want to be able to bring our services back. So it's uh, at, at this time it uh, I I can't make any promises other than to say that uh, we currently do not have resources to restore the 21.
2: Well, keep our fingers crossed for Holly's sake and uh, for those who want that bus line back in operation. Here's a listener who writes a bright spot. In this crisis has been Slow Streets. Thanks to Muni for making this happen. Slow Streets has made the city more livable during this tough time, which prompts me to ask you, Dan Brecky, about the city abandoning uh, uh, possibly this uh, Vision Zero over on Market Street uh, need for protected lanes. Uh, Market Street isn't safe, according to some, and uh, there are no separate bike lanes, and the sheriffs aren't protecting the cyclists.
1: You know, uh, I don't feel equipped to, to speak to that. Uh, maybe Jeffrey could, uh, could address that.
3: Sure. So the Better Market Street program was is a long-term program to completely rebuild Market Street from building face to building face and from uh, basically Venice all the way to the Embarcadero. Um, we have some federal money that needs to be expended uh, in the coming year uh, to work on the stretch from 5th to 8th, but it's not enough to do the entire project. So, what we're proposing to do is just the street section to repair the street and the infrastructure that is completely falling apart. Uh, and that means we don't have enough money to uh, put a sidewalk level cycle track because uh, that requires moving the curb. It also means that the cycle track would only be five feet wide, which forces cyclists to ride single file uh, on two points, at least two points on every block, um, which we're very much concerned only accommodates about a quarter of the bicycle demand that we saw back in January, let alone the level of uh, bicycle usage we would expect to see in the coming years. Right. Um, so we're, we're going back and rethinking that project.
2: So, a listener named Bertrand who writes, this budget crisis is a perfect opportunity to cut salaries as a way of making services sustainable. I, as a teacher, make well under $100,000 a year I'd imagine that employees working for muni are well above what teachers make. Why is salary reduction never considered as a way around staff reduction, Jeffrey?
3: I've spent my entire career in the private sector and coming to the SFMTA, I can assure you that staff at the SFMTA are not overpaid. Um, It is a huge challenge for us to be able to attract and retain the amazing people that we've got. Our workers are here largely because their commitment to public service. Uh, we will, however, be having conversations with our labor unions about to what degree uh, do we want to trade off um, uh, unpaid furloughs or other ways of saving money uh, versus uh, layoffs, if it comes to that. Um, but that is a conversation that the labor unions will need to lead.
2: Well, we've got seconds left here, but I'm wondering, Dan Burke, you thought Bard is going to have an early retirement incentive program? Uh, in fact, the, their contracts being ratified, I believe, tomorrow. Uh, how do you see that fitting in this possibly?
1: Well, you know, Bard has sort of uh, tried to manage month by month uh, with the big loss uh, of uh, revenue they've had. They won't know until just before Christmas, how many people have taken this early retirement program. And that will be critical in sort of uh, uh, allowing them to, to envision and uh, execute a budget for the rest of the year. Um, that said, They've got a lot more work to do uh, in terms of budgeting than just the uh, retirement program.
2: Well, we'll leave it there. And always good to have you, Dan Brecky. Thank you. You're welcome. And Brecky, editor and reporter for KQED News, Jeffrey Tumlin. Good to have you. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Jeffrey is, uh, Tumlin is Director of Transportation for San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency. And we're here with you Monday through Friday. Stay tuned for an hour with Ariana Prail. And for all of us here at KQED Public Radio, please stay safe.